0: Hey there, good listeners. This is Sean Harwell. You're listening to Never Heard of It podcast once again. Thanks for joining us. And along with me, I have here beside me in the studios in Beverly Hills, the one, the only.
1: Craig Hollywood Moorhead.
0: Now, we uh, just for the record, we are talking about Beverly Beverly Hills and Hollywood, Florida, um, just so that there's no confusion.
1: Yeah. Uh, is there another one?
0: Not that I'm aware of, no. Okay. How are you?
1: Doing great, Sean. How are you?
0: I'm doing pretty good as well. I'm doing pretty good. I like 1985, it turns out.
1: Yeah, is not bad. Really just living in it at this point.
0: I don't, I don't remember much about 1985, really. But uh, I remember some of these movies. So that's how I live my life. The
1: sad truth is, yeah, 1985 is mostly I just remember the movies. <laughs> yeah. uh, if you didn't hear our last episode, we talked about... The movies *Fright Night* and *Once Bitten*, a couple of uh, vampire movies mm. from 1985. You should uh, definitely go check that out. And uh, I mean, go back all all the way through the whole series. That was uh, part five, I think. We have a tee up episode between each one, yeah, where we kind of this is one of them where we kind of talk about just some interesting trivia, some, a little bit of background on the movies themselves, so that when we have the big show, we just talk about the experience of watching the movie and what went down.
0: That's right. But before we do that today with the two movies we're going to talk about, I, did, I had a couple things that popped up. You know, I can't stop thinking about Fright Night, Craig, ever since uh, yeah. we've been talking about it for two weeks now. And I still have a couple of things that popped up. The biggest one, I think, is that, uh, of course, after we recorded, I discovered that there is a three and a half hour documentary called You're So Cool Brewster about Fright Night and Fright Night Part 2 and just the whole shebang. It, the trailer looks fantastic. I don't think it's streaming yet, but uh, it's, man, definitely on my, on my list there. That's, it sounds like a beast to, to dive into there, three and a half hours. But
1: That is fascinating to me, yeah.
0: The second thing is uh, I heard the Jay Giles band on the radio today, and it dawned on me that they're the ones that did the theme song for Fright Night. And if you don't know Jay Giles band, you probably know the song Centerfold and Freeze Frame uh, from the 80s. And that 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 sounds like two entirely different bands to me. <laughs> like, yeah, I?
1: totally? I, I I really don't even believe you right now. Well, uh, it's the yeah. truth.
0: I don't know. I didn't go completely down the Jay Giles band rabbit hole to find out maybe they have a different singer in on the Fright Night song than they do. But yeah, it that blew my mind a little bit. And then also, my wife Gretchen was listening to the podcast and she said something about. Did you guys talk about? the werewolf in Fright Night. And I was like, what? Oh, crap. Totally forgot. Like, I was watching the movie and she walked in the room in the scene where, uh, you know, we talked about Evil Ed's death and his transition and all that stuff. And, yeah, there's a part of the movie where he's a wolf. And we didn't ever get into that, but did they explain that in the movie as to why some people who get bitten turn into other animals than bats? Uh, Particularly, like, what I would just assume is I mean, more or less, a werewolf, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, they didn't, but I think, I think maybe that's kind of just accepted lore. Okay. I mean, they definitely didn't get into explaining that, but at the same time, I kind of felt like we 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 kind of covered that, just in talking about that, yeah, that transition. But but yeah, we didn't bring up the fact that suddenly he was a wolf. Yeah. And and nobody saw that coming.
0: Right. Well, especially you know if you if you've seen the Twilight movies, you know that the vampire werewolf. Factions, uh, they can be pretty testy with one another.
1: Oh man, pretty man. darn a lot tasty. of rivalry there. Mm-hmm. Rivalry goes back a long, long <laughs> way, guys.
0: Since the beginning of time, you might even say,
1: pretty much. Pretty much.
0: Well, we'll close the book on Friday night for now, but I'm sure 12 more things will pop up in the meantime. Uh, such a fun movie and once bitten as well. Don't want to slight that one at all. But today, I'm really excited because. We have a movie that you and I have talked about before on this podcast in relation to uh, Anthony Michael Hall and probably something else here and there. Uh, And then another one that I didn't know existed until a few weeks ago. So the movies today are the classic Weird Science, John Hughes, and the maybe not so classic Private Resort. Ah, welcome to paradise. For the incurably romantic, there is Club Med. For the incredibly wild, there is the club that's mad. Private Resort, where two eager guys can resort to their most private fantasies. I'm telling you, this is the place to be.
1: Private Resort is, uh, as you might guess, a 1985 uh, comedy film directed by George Bowers, who also directed My Tutor from 1983 which is also, I believe, a sex commodity. Com- 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 oh, well,
0: with a name like that, it has to be, right?
1: <laughs> Indeed. He, uh, he directed a bunch of episodes of Dukes of Hazard. Great. But it looks like he made most of his bones as an editor, editing such movies as 2005's Roll Bounce, uh, 2001's From Hell, another wow. uh, Depp movie, yeah. 1999's Deuce Bigelow Male Gigolo, sure. uh, and also A League of Their Own. Oh, wow. Oh, and The Stepfather, a 1987 horror movie that if you haven't seen it and you enjoy horror movies, you have got to watch that. If that is something you've never heard of, it is my gift to you. Stepfather is great, not in an ironic way, but in an actually sincere, great way.
0: I don't think I've ever seen it, so I have some homework then, huh? Oh,
1: man, it's good. So yeah, so George uh, helped give us that stuff. It was written by uh, one of the writers anyway that I could find anything out about. Was Alan Winkus? Excuse me. I'll say it again. Alan Wankus. <laughs> okay. And he, I guess this is the, one of the things I'm I'm trying to figure out exactly. There's a chance th- that this took me to the wrong wrong Alan Wankus. No,
0: there's other Alan Wankuses?
1: I, I know. How many Alan Winkuses could there be? Sheesh. Well, because on the on the private resort page, it uh, talks about Gordon Mitchell being another writer. And that link took me to a guy who was uh, an actor throughout his entire career and, and doesn't mention anything about Private Resort. And the Alan Wankus link that I found, now that I'm really uh, diving into it, I like to wait until the moment we sit down to talk oh, no. before yeah, I try course, to learn yeah. anything. No, I guess, I guess he was. He was kind of a script doctor. Mm. He co-wrote the uh, screenplay Private Resort. He co-wrote and co-executive produced Universal's Straight Out of Compton.
0: No kidding. Wow.
1: Uh, screenplays in development, including a remake of the film Dolomite. No joke. So mm. I don't know. Pretty much a direct line from Private Resort to Dolomite there.
0: As expected, yes.
1: So Private Resort—it's a sex comedy. We're talking about sex comedies, mm-hmm. which were very big in the '80s. Maybe, maybe the biggest in '85. Oh I don't know. My God, there's so many. Maybe yeah. this is when, when they were gonna peak. But it's about Johnny Depp and Rob Morrow, who are just guests at a private resort, and they are l- looking for hot chicks. Yeah. And that's pretty much your movie. There's a jewel thief involved.
0: I read the synopsis earlier today and you know I kind of knew what it was about before then except for sure. the part about the jewel thief and that made me laugh so hard for some reason cuz it, it just seemed yeah. like the synopsis works totally without the jewel thief. <laughs> but do you need a jewel, a jewel thief in a sex yeah. con- we'll find out when we watch it. But yeah, that was that made yeah. me laugh. So I'm kind of excited to see what the hell they do with that. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, well, and I'm excited to to see that The Jewel Thief is played by Hector Elizondo. Yeah. He's always uh, pretty great. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as cast and crew, the other rather notable person would be the cinematographer, Adam Greenberg, who, among other movies, shot The Terminator. Yeah. He shot once a bit.
0: I was going to say, we just talked about him, right?
1: Yeah. And later on uh, did another great 1987 horror movie, Near Dark, another vampire movie Mm -hmm. Catherine Bigelow directed which is uh, super, super good. And I mean, he's been, uh, man, he's he's done a lot of snakes on a plane. Come on. Wow. The movie came out May 3rd, 1985. It grossed $331,000 at the box office. So it did not do terribly well. The The reviews were not that great.
0: Did you say uh, 331000 at the box office?
1: That's what it says.
0: I believe you. I just, just yeah. felt like that bared repeating.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, it's it, Yeah, like you think about how few movies came out back then. Sure.
0: Comparatively, yeah.
1: It's, um, apparently, Rob Morrow and Johnny Depp had a pact at some point to track down every print of the movie and destroy it. Oh, no. They, they both really didn't like it. Uh, I have a few <laughs> quotes from these guys. Ah, uh, yes. Depp said in 2006, uh, I made some shitty movies when I was first starting out, <laughs> but I'm not embarrassed by them, especially as I didn't think I was going to be an actor. I was trying to make some money. I was still a musician. He says, right. sure, yeah. private resort sucks bad, but it was a job. And I was struck again by the fact that I was being paid well to go to Florida and fuck around for a couple months. I certainly wasn't complaining at the time.
0: That's a healthy response, I think, you know? Like, yeah. That sounds like a mature thing, looking back.
1: Yeah, sure. Especially if you're Johnny Depp and Rob Morrow, for that matter. Yeah. This, this movie, uh, we haven't seen it yet, granted. But this movie doesn't stain you in any way. No. If Once Bitten didn't completely stain Jim Carrey. Sure. I can't imagine Private Resort is going to stain these two guys too bad. No. But yeah, but the other interesting thing about it is apparently it's the last movie in a trilogy of movies.
0: <laughs> oh, God.
1: So, so ambitious. Yes. Uh, none of them seem to share directors or actors in any way. There's no, nothing really uh, running through the string of, uh, of these uh, movies, but... The movies are Private Lessons was the first one, I believe. Private School is the second one, came out in 83. Private Lessons came out in 81. Private School came out in 83. Uh, Private Resort came out in 85. Each one dealing generally with the same subject matter (laughs) in one way or another. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, none of them may be seemingly as craven as... As a private resort. Private resorts really when they, when they really just let it fly.
0: I wonder if they ever thought about doing like a series of prequel trilogies that are all like public lessons. Yeah. Public beach, you know. Public public school. Public restroom, um, for example. I'm just saying very, we could relaunch this franchise.
1: You can't. Yeah. And, yeah. Even with the word private, you could go on for a long time. you <laughs> really good. Yeah. But it's interesting to note, private lessons in 81... Grossed 26 million on a budget of about three million. Private school grossed 14 million. Also, I think on a similar small budget. And then, boy, private resort fell short of both of those. How did that happen? So tough run for old private resort. We're gonna (laughs) see uh, what it's all about very soon. Amazing. Like I kind of feel like I might have seen this for some reason, but uh, yeah, none of it's really uh, ringing any bells for me. What about you?
0: Not at all, and I can only hope that it will make sense without us watching the first two movies in the trilogy oh, of yeah. of private films. Indeed, uh, that's nuts. No, I, I I didn't know about it. I couldn't be more excited to dive into it now. And yeah, I think it's out there on most of the sh- the for purchase streaming platforms right now, and I'm right. sure you can find it on disc probably. I think that'll be interesting to see something that did not succeed in the way that Weird Science did, for example.
1: Well, and I'll throw this out there. Uh, The original poster of Private Resort, it has a lot of ladies laying down. Of course, they're all super topless. Mm -hmm. But on their backs, (laughs) uh, each, each one of their backs has a different letter of the words Private Resort. And then there are two guys also laying on the beach sort of. Breaking them up. Neither one of the guys look like they're Johnny Depp or Rob Morrow. Is that right? It's like the poster has nothing to do with the movie. I I, I mean, trying to figure this out, but neither one of those guys look anything like our heroes. So anyway, something to think about.
0: Well, just to tie it back to our own podcast, would this be better or worse than Dangerous Curves? If you had to guess right now on record.
1: In a weird way, I feel like it's going to be it's gonna it's gonna be neck and neck okay you know it, it, it kind of reminded me of dangerous curves because i was reading through yeah. the, the cast list and there's somebody who's listed as like the security chief or the security guard and oh, i was boy. like oh man oh, boy, here we go again <laughs>
0: yeah yeah If somebody's supposed to take a car to aspen i'm out i'm done yeah no uh craig you want to hear about weird science
1: let's get weird you know i always talking about how you can simulate all that stuff on your computer what's the difference why can't we simulate a girl I don't know. I I guess I could, but why it's two-dimensional on the screen. It's, it's not flesh and blood, Gary. Well, I know that, but you know we can we can use it. Why? We can ask it questions. We can we can put it in real-life sexual situations and see how it reacts. You're like, we're sick to manage shit. You'd love
0: it. We will definitely get weird with this one cuz man, there's some fun trivia, not surprising, uh that has to do with poop and fart and all kinds of fun stuff. So, look I'll forward to it. that here in a second. Uh, Of course this movie was written and directed by the late John Hughes. You know, even just looking again today at that guy's credits, it's unbelievable. For starters, I don't know why. I'm sure I knew this, completely forgot he wrote both of the vacation movies, uh, the first two. Oh, yeah. Second one, obviously, European Vacation, we're going to get to that one, came out in 85 as well. So within the span of, you know, two years here, just eighty-four and eighty-five. He had sixteen candles, Breakfast Club, and Weird Science that he had directed, and a European Vacation that he had written, Pretty and Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, are all coming the year after. I mean, it's just an incredible string. There is a a documentary that has come out since his death called uh, Don't You uh, Don't You Forget About Me. Of course, it would be called that. Oh, yeah. And I want to see it, but I'm afraid it's going to be sad. So uh, <laughs> I haven't got around <laughs> yeah, to watching probably. it yet. Uh, this movie was produced by Joel Silver, which I think we mentioned in our Commando episode. Uh, he also did Brewster's Million in 85. That's really three very different movies, I think, in a lot of ways. Yes. We've got Anthony Michael Hall, of course, we've mentioned. And uh, I I'm not quite sure how to pronounce this guy's first name. I think it's Alon. It's, it's I-L-A-N. He's the guy that played Wyatt, Alon Mitchell-Smith. Sounds about right. It's an interesting career for him because he's so distinctive in this movie, and we'll talk about it more in the full episode, but really the, the credits are pretty limited. He did uh, some episodes of The Equalizer on TV and a show called Superboy, uh, and then just a, a very small number of movies, one of which was called The Chocolate War, which came out after this, which oh, sounds yeah. like a kid's movie, but I think it's like a Catholic school drama kind of thing, if I'm not mistaken. Or were you thinking of something different? Sounds right. No, no, that sounds right. Okay, yeah. Uh, Of course, you got Kelly LeBrock as Lisa. She had been in The Woman in Red. Originally, though, this movie was starring a model named Kelly Imberg, and I think they even shot some footage with her before she was replaced. I could not find out exactly why she was replaced, although I can only assume they weren't happy with her performance. Apparently, Demi Moore and Robin Wright both auditioned for the role. I feel like maybe I could see a version with demi moore maybe i don't know
1: well yeah she was in uh she was in st almost fire she was not she really seems still like a kid back yeah then. like kelly lebrock seems a little more mature for I guess.
0: sure yeah robin wright too yeah i don't know uh, bill paxton i mean obviously like a huge break and role for him here yeah especially since we didn't mention the fact that he was in commando and we didn't mention it because he's got like two lines and it's such a small yeah. tiny thing um Uh, Robert Downey Jr., who also did Tough Turf and Girls Just Want to Have Fun in 85. Robert Mm. Russler, who played the other sort of bully guy, just started with this movie pretty much. He did Facts of Life as well that year, and after filming Weird Science, went on to uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 in 85. So we'll be seeing him again. Do you remember him in that movie? I don't. Yeah, I haven't seen that in forever. Uh, you got Suzanne Snyder and Julie, uh, Judy Aronson, excuse me, who played the two uh, kind of pseudo girlfriends. Uh, Suzanne Snyder was in Remo Williams uh, in 85. Also, Craig, Night of the Creeps and Killer Clowns from Out of Space. Love it. Did I say out of space? From outer space. Uh, out
1: of space. <laughs> Killer Clowns from, from outer space. <laughs> out <of> space. Uh,
0: <laughs> and then Judy Aronson uh, is going to pop up in American Ninja in 1985 as well. So that's fun. Love and it. then uh, last but not least, Vernon Wells, who basically reprised his character from uh, Road Warrior. Yeah. He was Bennett, though. He was Bennett in Commando, which I didn't even think about. Yeah.
1: No, I didn't even think about that either. Yeah.
0: So a bunch of Commando connections in this movie, oddly enough. Uh, music by Ira Newborn, who did um, Into the Night in 85. I don't know that movie. also did he did a bunch for John Hughes, Sixteen Candles, Ferris Bueller, etc. Uh, theme song, of course, by Ongo Boingo, written by Danny Elfman. Um, cinematography by Matthew Leonetti who guess what he shot Craig of course Commando like I, <laughs> oh yeah yeah so we I mean obviously that's probably a Joel Silver thing because he would be in a position to hire some of these guys sure Craig do you remember the TV series at all that was based on this movie
1: No I've I've seen you know photos like stills of it but I've never watched it now
0: I think I did a little bit but kind of amazed it it ran for 88 episodes so it was on the air for about 4 wow. years and uh, I think all of all seasons are on Hulu right now, so I may try to check one out. Yeah. Okay. Here's one of these urban legends that I don't know. Maybe will be explained in the documentary, and somebody could verify this. But multiple places I found said that John Hughes wrote this script in two days. Craig, do you believe that? Yes or no?
1: I I, I like those kind of stories. I've I've never believed. Like there there has to be way more qualifying. <laughs> that yeah i I don't like like stallone wrote rocky in like a weekend or something like yeah it's like okay i mean he might have written something no one wrote this finished script in two days that's my own feeling
0: yeah i I don't see it uh i had no idea also saw this in multiple places that the film the title weird science comes from an anthology comic book series in the 50s and that and also that the plot is loosely based on the story from that anthology called Made of the Future by Al Feldstein. But there's no credit given to that. Um, Let's see here. So I think the rest of this is just kind of fun stuff. Obviously, you know, uh, there's been ink spilled about sort of this little universe that John Hughes created in in these teen movies. Uh, Shermer High School is a high school that Wyatt and Gary go to in this movie. They also named the high school in The Breakfast Club. Uh, apparently, Yeah, apparently there's a, a shot that is used in the beginning of 16 Candles as well as the end of Weird Science of the high school. And it's like the exact same, you can see the exact same extras and everything. So, um, Oh,
1: wow, I didn't realize that.
0: Yeah, it says it's at the end of Weird Science, so we'll keep our eyes peeled for that. Uh, Anthony Ma- Michael Hall talks about a girlfriend from Canada in this movie, which I definitely remember. Similar reference in Breakfast Club. So we'll we'll see that again. Yeah. And then also the guy that plays Dino, one of the dudes in the bar, uh, is an actor, John Capellos, and he plays the janitor, Carl, in Breakfast Club. Yeah. And then fun stuff. Kelly Brock said that uh, when she was doing the kissing scene with Wyatt, Alon Mitchell-Smith. He got carried away and stuck his tongue down her throat. And she told him if he ever did that again, uh, she would kick his ass, (laughs) which (laughs) I mean, we're going to have to talk about the fact that I think he's like 14 at the time of this. I mean, we'll get into that in the next episode, but there's some interesting stuff going on when you do stop and think about it. Uh, I guess Downey Jr. was on the Howard Stern show, and this is my favorite bit of trivia, but it says that he cleared up the rumor that he defecated in Kelly LeBrock's trailer uh, now this says Whoa. that he he st- oh I had never heard that rumor but <laughs> but I do love it. He stated he and his co-star Robert Russler, joked about defecating in people's trailers throughout the shoot, and that they eventually did it in one of the female cast members' trailer, but it was not hers. It was not Kelly LeBrock. <laughs> John Hughes questioned everybody in the cast as to who did it and when he came to Downey, uh, Robert Downey Jr. said no, but I sure wish it was me who did it. <laughs> There's only so many uh, women in this movie, so (laughs) by process of elimination, I think we could figure out who it it was here.
1: Yeah, certainly anyone who would have a trailer, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then uh, on a similar note, Robert Rustler said that, uh, you know, there's that scene when they have the big party and things go to hell and there's a rocket that comes up through the floor, right? You remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, so... Apparently right before the cameras rolled, now this is like a really complicated shot to set up, Anthony Michael Hall farted and yeah. ruined the take because people started laughing. And so he estimates that the scene cost probably $100,000 just to shoot the scene and because the take was blown, they had to film it in reverse which with additional tweaks <laughs> in post-production. Uh, and then this is kind of fun as well, just again on the same theme and this is explaining so much about why I love this movie as a kid. Uh, Bill Paxton, as we know, famously gets turned into a turd. And mm-hmm. they designed the puppet to be operated solely by him. But apparently he got too claustrophobic in the suit, bowed out, and they hired two little people, Kevin Thompson and Joe Geib, uh who were crammed inside and worked all the mechanisms. <laughs>
1: That's crazy.
0: Yeah. So – <laughs> Last thing here, this is kind of interesting too. I'd never heard about this, but so in the final cut of the film, Max and Ian, that's Robert Russler and Robert Downey Jr. They are last seen. They kind of run away from the party when the biker gang shows up, right? Right. Apparently there was a shot or a scene shot after this where we see them again. And there's like all this crazy stuff going on. There's these weird clouds that show up. And somehow in that process, those two guys get transformed into a pig and a donkey. And they bend over to see the reflections in the hubcaps of a car and tails, their animal tails, rip through the seats of their pants. That sounds so out of character with this movie in a lot of ways. Yeah, And uh, this credits Joel Silver uh, for insisting that, that they lose that. And it, it says that there are photos out there that were published in Sin of Fantastique. Which I don't right. guess is another magazine you read as a kid.
1: It was definitely one I looked through. Okay. It didn't have the awesome, gross makeup in I know, it, though, right? most it's of not, the time. It's so it's I couldn't fingered. go for it.
0: Yeah. But that's pretty much it for Weird Science. You know, we mentioned before, I think it finished, uh, let's see here, tw- where was it? 38th on the year at the box office, 23 million, right in between The Emerald Forest and Santa Claus, the movie. Uh, you know, not bad. I mean, no, not at all. I will be watching both of these to kind of see. Uh, why one teen, very weird, probably misogynistic, uh, sex comedy worked and the other one didn't make, uh, 350 grand at the box office.
1: I'm guessing it has something to do with high concept, but let's, I mean, and John Hughes's name probably. Yeah.
0: I think that has a lot to do with it. We'll see. But, uh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Weird Science is also out there available for rent everywhere. I don't think it's streaming on one of the subscription sites right now, but maybe it will very soon but watch it again and uh come uh, come back and join us as we dive in to both of these and we'll put the bras on our head and uh fire up the uh floppy disk craig
1: as i normally do
0: Sweet. all right y'all we'll talk to you next time